brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, and welcome to Psychic Teachers. I'm your host, Samantha Fay, And I'm Deb Bowen. And today we're going to be discussing working with your spiritual team of helpers. It's going to be a two-part show, and this week we're going to go over who your guides are and how they can help you. And then in week two, we're going to walk you through specific ways you can start to deepen this connection to your team of helpers. I think it's really important to remember that guides are people who have lived before. They are spiritually wise, or you could consider them elevated people who have lived before and have signed up to help us. Part of our team is made up of angels. Part of our team is made up of guides. We also have animal guides. We have certain spirit guides who will come and go on our team to assist us with various aspects of our life. Working with these guides, they help you remember who you are and why you're here. They help inspire our creativity, vision, and spiritual connection, and they can help us to learn to love ourselves more fully and see ourselves as the sparks of the creator we are, enabling us to open up to more abundance in all areas of our life. They can also protect us and offer incredible insight into problems and challenges. This is the way we look at it. Before we are born, our guides and angels help us create a blueprint, a map, if you will, for our soul's journey on earth. Every one of us has at least one spirit guide and one guardian angel who is with us from our first breath to our last. Spirit guides, they help keep us on our path. They help us follow this blueprint that we laid out for ourselves before birth. However, in addition to this main guide, we will also work with several other guides who join our team as we progress through life. So for example, you will have a teacher guide who comes into your life when you start school. If you have to deal with an illness, a healer guide will come in to help. Some guides join the team to help us with romance, careers, developing talents and gifts. If you choose to become a parent, you'll have a parenting guide join your team. If we have to help a spouse or parent or partner through their last chapter on earth, we'll have caretaking guides join our team. In addition to these specialist guides, we also have guides on our team who sometimes we can call our cheerleaders. 
They're like uh, comedians, actors, jesters, or entertainers who have a really big, joyful, uplifting energy. And their sole job is to be the wind beneath our wing to lift us up and help us remember to laugh when times get tough. And joining our team are also the protector guides. Their job is to guard and protect our energy, but they cannot protect us from learning our lessons. And I think this is where people get tripped up and start to doubt not only themselves, but the the idea that they have these guides. So let's use an example. Let's say you met someone in your 20s and you were instantly drawn to them. It felt like perfect kismet. This is often a sign that you have karma to balance with this person. Let's say, for example, this person hurt you in a past life. Maybe it's your karma in this life simply to be with this person, engage this hurt again. But this time, your soul wants to learn how to move past this hurt. Can your guides save you from this person hurting you? No, it's your karma. It's part of your blueprint. It's your choice, your path. But they can protect you by putting the right people in your path to navigate your way through this healing time, helping you to set boundaries and heal this karma once and for all. Maybe as you're nursing your heartache, your guides help you meet a great new friend, or someone recommends a wonderful therapist, or you just happen upon a book that helps you heal. These are ways that your guides will help and protect you. And I know we'll probably get to this later on, either in in this week's episode or next week's episode, about the idea of soul groups and, and how we have those karmic responsibilities and connections with people over time and over many lifetimes. But as you were describing that team of of different kinds of guides that come into this lifetime to help us, we also have a team that works with us as we progress through our soul's journey while we're on the other side. My vision of that, in my limited way of looking at things, is that when we're on the other side, We have this team of helpers, guides, angels, ancestors, lots of different folks who are over there meeting with us and helping us to work out and lay out the plan that we're going to follow, that blueprint, as you call it, the next time we incarnate and where we're going to live and who we are and our genders and and our birth order and, and our families and all of the aspects of the overarching pieces of ourselves that help us to address those life lessons. And and I want to really reiterate the idea that the life lessons are there because we know we need them as we follow this path of being human. And those life lessons sometimes are not comfortable. They're painful sometimes, but our guides and our team are there to help us work through them but not to take them away. Remember the word guide is just that. It isn't someone who does things for you. It's someone who guides you to make choices. Right. They're not called spirit fixers. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. And that's, and that's hard sometimes because I, I mean, I've certainly had many times in my life where I've been lost and I just wanted somebody to come along and just make it all better. And at some point along the way, I realized, no, it's my job to do that for myself. And that's hard. And, and like I said before, I, I do think that's where doubt comes in because people look at some of the tragedies and traumas they've had to deal with in their life and they and they think to their angels and guides, well, where the hell were you? And yet, if you look with spiritual eyes, 
you will see that they were there the whole time. I mean, I remember this is a silly example possibly, but when I was going through my breast cancer stuff, you know, you've got to go to so many doctor's appointments. It's, it's not, it's like becomes a second job. And the weird thing for me, you know, as a Catholic, we don't actually read our Bible a whole lot, but every time I would go up to one of the secretaries to check in for my appointment, there was a Bible verse next to her and the computer. And it happened so much Deb, that I started writing these down and I kept it as part of my journal. Now I go to the doctor probably twice a year. Like I'll go for my mammogram in October and then I'll go for like my yearly physical in the spring. None of, I've never seen those Bible verses since. Isn't that interesting? Just think about a a trauma, a tragedy, a challenging time you had to go through and look at the people who showed up in your life. Look at the books that you were suddenly drawn to. Look at the prayerful life you felt called to. Uh, remember our friend who was going through a challenging time was suddenly drawn to the saints? Yes. I think that was the work of spirit guides. And so I think it can be really helpful. Not when you're when you're going through it. Look, you just got to get through it, right? But I'm talking about when you're on the other side of that event to look back and go, oh, I wonder if that's why that friend came into my life at that point. I mean, think about when I met you, Deb, I had had an entire summer of precognitive dreams that kept showing me this image of Mike getting shot. And then he gets injured and shot in the neck, just like my dreams. I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. I start going to intuitive development classes and I met you and you really helped guide me and hold my hand through those early stages of the spiritual awakening. I think you were guided to me by my guides. And, and I think that's part of the soul group that you're talking about too. I do too. I absolutely do too. And I think it's a reciprocal relationship. And I think that's important, not just with reciprocity in terms of, of like me and you and our friendship, but reciprocity with our guides. They're people too. And I mean that even when I talk about our animal guides, which we'll be talking about more later. They're people too, and they're on their soul's evolution, and they need our help and our prayers too. Gratitude goes a long way. You bet. As we're talking about this belief in guides, I do think it's important to mention that religion and cultures across the years and spectrum have long believed in guides. The ancient Greeks believed in a guardian daemon, not to be confused with the Christian demon. A Greek daemon is an elevated being who assists you in your decisions. Socrates often wrote about his daemon, referring to him as a non-local voice or an inner nudge that didn't tell him what to do, but guided him to seek the best path. Shamans would often go into meditation to achieve an altered state of consciousness to connect with their guides. Carl Jung wrote about encountering his guide, a being he called Philemon. Spirit guides, like our departed loved ones in heaven, can connect with us in our waking life most easily through signs and synchronicity. So we've talked about this a lot on this show, but I think it bears repeating. Since metal is a conductor of energy, coins have long been seen as a sign from the other side, which is where we get the adage, pennies are from heaven. But it's not always pennies. If you remember my stories about quarters from my mother-in-law, Maggie, and Deb's recent stories about dimes and nickels from her dear friend, Jean, it doesn't have to be pennies, but coins are an easy way for guides, angels, and loved ones to link in with us and give us some signs. 
They'll often use music as well to link in with us. So pay attention to songs on the radio or lyrics that randomly pop into your mind, especially if you're just waking up and you're trying to remember your dream. You might have a song playing through your head. Make note of that because there might be a message from your guides that your conscious didn't fully remember in your dreams, but the song will bring it back to you. They can also place animals in our path to bring a message of peace and comfort. So if, for example, you're ruminating on a past issue that's blocking your progress, you might see a grasshopper or a hummingbird. The grasshopper can only jump forward. It can't jump back, left, or right. Similarly, the hummingbird is the only bird who can't fly backwards. So often seeing either of these in your daily life is a sign that it's time to move forward. Cardinals, as we talked about, are universally recognized as a hello from heaven. Butterflies are seen as a sign as well, since they symbolize transformation, not death, as the caterpillar dies to be reborn as the butterfly. So Deb, why don't you talk to us about some of the sign synchronicities and symbols we can use to connect with our guides in addition to these? If you've been listening to this show for any length of time at all, you know that the red-tailed hawk is my spirit guide animal person. And, And I'm using animal here just because that's the language that we use, um, first peoples and, and many cultures don't have a word in their language for animal. We speak of everybody as being people. And that also helps us to, to differentiate uh, this concept that we have of hierarchy, that there's really no such thing. And, and I love that. But not only do I see red tail hawks, I see other members of the hawk families, cooper hawks, ospreys, which are also called seahawks. Uh, where I live, uh, Hawk and I have an agreement about synchronicity. So when I'm in a major decision point in my life, I ask Hawk to fly directly in front of me from left to right if I'm on the right track about a decision I'm trying to make. And it, it is uncanny. It is really uncanny how that works. Never once has Hawk failed to respond when I have asked for that. And I mean, literally, I asked the question out loud. Okay, Hawk person, I'm at this decision point. Here's what I'm trying to make a decision about. If I am on the right track and I and I should do this thing or whatever, please come in, in directly in front of me and fly from left to right. And I promise you that, that Hawk does that. Or conversely, if the answer is no, you might want to rethink this or the timing isn't right. Hawk will come and fly from right to left. Another piece of that puzzle is looking for symbols with the meaning of various animal people. For example, in so many world cultures, spider represents the weaving of the thread of life. In some uh, first people's beliefs, spider wove the world into being. In Greek mythology, a spider is the connected to the Greek goddess uh, Arachne, from which the name Four Spiders comes in the science world of Arachnid. And she weaves together the threads of the world. In some cultures, spider, writing spiders particularly, gave us the gift of the written word. Snakes, certainly in a Judaic Christian belief system, snake, of course, represents what happened in the Garden of, of Eden. However, in other cultures, snake represents transmutation, 
of shedding skin and shedding old past and baggage that we carry and freeing ourselves of that and letting go so that we can be born again. In many matriarchal goddess cultures in ancient times, snake was a symbol of the goddess. Symbolically, there are many mythological and cultural and spiritual connections to the symbols of animal people. But the other thing is to be aware of where you live. While we talk about asking for a butterfly sign, well, that's lovely and, and, and it works. Except where we live, sulfur butterflies, those beautiful bright yellow butterflies are everywhere in the early fall, in September particularly. So seeing one in my yard might not necessarily be a sign. It's just kind of what nature does where we live. But seeing one in December would in fact be highly unusual, and that would be a sign, to see the butterfly out of context. So what's important here is for you to ask for clarity, ask for guidance, so that you are aware of your connection to signs and symbols and synchronicities from your, quote, animal teacher guides. Sometimes you'll have an animal guide that is with you your whole life, but often your guides will use animals in nature to bring signs to you. And how do you tell the difference? Oh, that's a great question. Okay, here, here's an example of that. I live on a barrier island, and you would not think that we would have a lot of big four-legged people, but we do. We have deer and coyote and fox, raccoons, opossums. I know they live here, but I have on an evening not long ago, I was leaving my street and I, I live directly across the street from a sand dune and the ocean is right behind it. And it was, I don't know, 8, 39 o'clock at night. And as I crested the top of the street, there was the most gorgeous buck standing on top of the dune, just standing there. Well, I, of course, stopped the car and we just stared at each other. Now, in that context, in that time, that was a, an unusual sighting. And I knew that I had a message coming to me from that buck, from that deer. So I meditated. I asked the deer to give me some clarity and explain this to me. And then, of course, I also went to my go-to books of Ted Andrews' work and David Carson's and Jamie Sam's Medicine Cards. And I got the message that that beautiful, beautiful buck was there to give me. Okay, so how do you tell if that's just a sign, though, or your main animal guide? Because I knew that after I did the research and did the meditation, I knew that he was there for a specific short-term lesson rather than had I seen him repeatedly. Here's an example of that. You, you mentioned earlier about um, the shamanic practice of connecting with guides. That, of course, still happens in folks who practice shamanism. And Michael Harner, in his amazing book, The Way of the Shaman, talks about a methodology that he uses for connecting with your animal guides. And he maintains that in meditation, that it's important to see a given animal, like my hawk, for example, a minimum of four times in some kind of consistent way before you say, okay, this person is really here for the long haul with me. Whereas that book was a one-shot thing. And I think also you can look to the animals that you've always loved 
but also look at the way you tend to connect with your inner self, your soul, your, your true self to see what resonates for you. So for example, as a kid, I wanted a chimpanzee and a koala, and I really could not understand why my parents could not get me these as pets. You know how kids think that way? I was like, but wait, I don't understand. I, if I save up all these coins, surely you can get me a chimpanzee. And it really troubled me. And I loved these two animals. And so I had a stuffed koala and I had a stuffed chimpanzee that I named Bunky, the monkey, who I loved dearly, took them to college not embarrassed to admit that. So when I started getting into spirit guides and animal guides, I was like, well, I guess the chimpanzee and the koala are my guides. And yet every time I would have an intuitive dream, there was most often a wolf with me. And it wasn't until I saw the super cheesy, but I still love them, Twilight movies. You know, those giant werewolves? Yes, I do. Okay. That's how the wolf in my dream looks. He's comes all the way up past my hip. He's huge. And I have so, I've had so many dreams where this wolf, he's gray and he's walking with me. Have I seen a wolf in real life? No. And yet I feel that that's my main animal guide simply because my truest, best way of connecting with my intuition has always been through my dreams. So I tend to trust that. I do see the hawk a lot, however, comma. You know, I just learned last year that we have a big hawk's nest right behind my house. So maybe that's why I see the hawk all the time, right? Could be. Let's take a break here, Samantha, because I want to come back and, and talk about teasing out again those differences. What would you like to tell folks about you've got what you've got coming up or anything? Well, this fall, I have my Mediumship 101 and Advanced Mediumship classes coming up that I teach with my friend and colleague, Denise Carell. They're each four weeks. You get a lot of handouts, a lot of MP3 guided meditations. You're partnered up with someone new from class each week so that you can learn to really practice your mediumship and learn how and in what strong ways you best connect with the other side. It's a very open forum where all levels are welcome in the Mediumship 101 class. What we would like you to do is email us, either me, Samantha, at samanthafay.com or Denise at thegratefulmessenger.com. We will send you a survey and an outline of the class so that you know what's coming, and then we can put you in the best class for you. So hope you join us if you feel called to do so. Information can be found in my newsletter, which will be coming out this week. Deb, how about you? Yeah, I have a couple of things coming up in September. I am offering something that a lot of folks have asked me to do. I'm calling it Deb's Table Talk. And we're gathering for three consecutive weeks in September uh, in, in the evening to talk about all things metaphysical. And I have a starter list to get us going that's on my website that you can see kind of where I'm thinking we might go. But I'm certainly open to ideas from you all as we move along. So that's happening on three consecutive Thursdays in September. And then for folks who have been waiting for me to offer again, my intro to Tarot course, my Unlocking the Mysteries of Tarot course, that too begins in September. I'm offering an afternoon and an evening section of that course. Uh, the afternoon section meets at two o'clock Eastern time, which makes it an, an easy evening course for those of you in Europe and some other countries who might want to join with us. So all of that is on my website, debbowen.com. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Sounds good. All right. Tell us your wolf story. Okay. So, well, for you, wolf has become kind of your primary animal guide person. Well, wolves are very important to me too, and have been for a very long time since many, many, many years ago. I read a beautiful young adult book entitled In the Shadow of a Rainbow. And then, of course, I slogged my way through piece by piece from Clarissa Pinkoli's Estes, Women Who Run With the Wolves. And I had a really powerful dream on New Year's Eve several years ago, where I was running through the woods, barefooted in the dark with a wolf at my side. And I just, it was just the most powerful, real dream I think I've ever had. So I know that Wolf is a is and she, and she is. That's one of the Wolf's jobs in the world is to be a teacher. And so I know that the Wolf is a teacher for me, but not my primary teacher. And it becomes a matter of just of knowing and understanding and truly building a relationship with, with our human guides and our animal guides till we begin to understand what that abiding and deep relationship really is like. It's like building a a friendship or a family relationship where you really have to get to know each other. It does. It takes time and it takes patience and it it takes reasoning and, and discernment. And I think that tip you gave is really good. If an animal shows up four times, then that's probably your guide. In addition to that, go along with your inner nudge and gut feeling about it. Because not every butterfly, like you said, is going to be a sign from above. So you've got to really pay attention to what's going on in your life when you see that animal and then what happens right after. I remember several months ago, back in the winter, I went to pick up my daughter from a friend's house and we were driving home through the dark. A fox pulled out in front of my car and I slammed on the brakes and he just stopped in that road. Like, yeah, that's right, lady, you are going to stop for me. And we just watched as he moseyed his way across the road and the way he darted out and then stopped and slowly made his way across the road. I knew he was there as a messenger. And I went home and I consulted the same sources you just mentioned. And, and it all said a warning, you know, Fox comes as a warning that something tricky or challenging is coming up. And I was like, oh, great. Like what now? And the very next day I get a phone call from my sister and she said, you know, dad's gone missing. The police have been called. We're looking for him. And that's what started the whole process of us finally coming to the dreaded realization that, you know, we had to put him into an Alzheimer's facility because that was our big warning of, you know, this isn't going to get better. And I really think Fox appeared in that way the night before this happened just as a heads up, you know, and I think because I saw that Fox that morning, I lit my candle as I always do. Uh, but I really prayed that whatever this warning came to uh, would be for our, all of our highest good, 
I wasn't even thinking about my dad. I know that sounds terrible, but I was thinking about my kids and me, you know, that's, that's where my first thought always goes. And then I get the phone call from my sister and, you know, luckily my, my dad was found. The police were, were wonderful and very helpful and they got him back to, uh, to us. And, but it, it was that, that first realization of, uh oh, the childproof locks aren't working. <laughs> we need to do something. So pay attention to what happens after you see that animal. And I mean like 24 hours after. I don't mean like six months after. You know, it's usually going to be pretty, pretty quickly. Now, the other thing is to get out in nature. You know, who lives in your yard? I, I often say, that I share space. I don't live alone. I share space with all different kinds of birds and lizards and snakes. And I don't even know what all the people I can name. I have a long list somewhere of on this tiny little piece of land. I live on all the different people who live in this space with me, including the standing people, trees, shrubbery, flowers, and that's not to mention the rocks I live with, the Mineral Kingdom people. Now, one of my favorite books to turn to for information on this is Ted Andrews' How to Meet and Work with Spirit Guides. And in there, he emphasizes something that we think is really important to highlight. He says, apply reason to the relationship and any communication from it. In cases of contact with those from the physical who have passed over, keep in mind that dying does not make a person instantly wise and spiritual. So I just really wanted to highlight that, Deb, because anytime we are talking about communicating with animal guides, spirit guides, or deceased loved ones or ancestors who have gone before us, it is so important to not give over your reason to any information that is coming through. You've got to always test it. If a spirit guide is from the highest possible source energy, they're not going to mind it if you test it. And so if you get a communication, you think from a, from a spirit guide or a loved one that's telling you something that you should do, like, let's say you are asking to leave your job and you say, show me a hawk in the next 24 hours. And you see three hawks and you're like, well, wait, does that mean yes, 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 leave your job? Or is that just three hawks flying over me today? I don't know. You need to test that again and really trust yourself and your instincts and the communication and the way it's coming through. Just because a loved one has died does not mean they are suddenly endowed with every spiritual wisdom and knowledge out there. Oh, absolutely not. They're on the other side working on their own stuff. They're still who they were. They yeah. really are. And you've got to, and, and this comes to you, you might have information and guidance come to you in meditation, but you also might have information and guidance come if you, if you go to a medium or an intuitive for a reading. I can't tell you how many readings I've done where a grandmother or a grandfather has popped in and, and put in their two cents about our relationship. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, this is coming from their judgment and their preconceived notions. This isn't coming from a spiritual place, right? Like how many times, Deb, have you received information and you're like, huh, I don't know. I remember this one woman came to me and she really wanted to leave her marriage. And my intuition was telling me, uh-huh, yeah, she needs to go. The grandmother comes through and is like, no, you need to keep working on it. And before I passed on that message, I said, was your grandmother a very religious rule follower? And she said, yeah. 
her dad was a pastor and my grandfather was a pastor. And I thought, okay. So sometimes you might get information and messages from your loved ones in heaven. And it's more what they would do based on the way they think and their views are. Am I making sense there? You are. And, and you know, it's not that they have unkind intent. They're coming from a place often of love, but only from their own perspective and their own values. And they can't see the future. They can't see what's coming necessarily. So they're, they're working from a limited amount of information too. I think sometimes they can see the future though. I think they can see a little bit further down because I'll get messages that will like, uh, I was just doing a reading and, and I, the father said to the client that the mother of the client was going to have a health issue in six months, but it was going to be okay. And six months later, the mom had to have a biopsy on her throat, I believe. And it was okay. I don't know. I get confused by that too. I think they can see a little bit further down the road. However, then free will, destiny, all sorts of other stuff comes into play. But just because they can see a little further down the road doesn't always mean they have the perfect best advice. This is why it's so important to really learn to trust your own inner knowing. Now, something else I want to talk to you about, Deb, because this has always kind of bothered me. Traditional spiritualism and theosophy, they always, all those books, if you read them, say that we have a main guide, a doctor or a healer guide, a teacher guide, a chemist guide, which is a guide who works on attuning our spiritual vibration, protector guides, messenger guides, and gatekeeper guides. And they all say that gatekeeper guides are similar to protector guides, but their main job is to guard the doorway to the other side. So that when we're connecting to our loved ones and other ones on the other side, they make sure only positive beings link in with us. And I don't know why, Deb, but it's it's kind of bothered me. It's like one person, maybe Madame Blavatsky wrote this, and then everyone else picked up and ran with it. I don't, when I'm doing readings on people, I don't always see all these guides. What do you think? Do you think we all have these specific guides? I think they come and go as we need them. My personal experience has been my primary guide who I think of as being a protector and a teacher guide. He is both of those things. And I use the word he because that's how he physically presents to me. They don't really have physicality the way we think of it on earth, but that's who he is. Have I along the way asked for specific guides to come in and help with specific issues in my life? When I teach Tarot, I invite my students to invite a Tarot teaching guide into their energy field to help them learn uh, the symbology of working in Tarot. And I certainly have my Tarot guide who comes and goes and taps on my shoulder and says, do you not see that queen of wands over there? You need to pay attention to her. I mean, he chitty chats in my ear while I'm reading. I don't know that I am conscious of such a huge team of folks slash energy around me all the time, because I don't know that I, I need, I need them all the time. Right. Right. And I think that sometimes they switch out as well. Like even some of our, like our protector guides might switch out as because they're always evolving and growing. Oh, okay. Now I, I think I have this one guide 
who has been with me from the day I drew my first breath and will be with me until I draw my last. Yes, I agree with that. Okay. Do I think that I have other folks who come and go as I I need them and I might get a new person along the way? Yeah. I, I remember some years ago, gosh, it's, it's probably been 35 years ago, I had a reading with a woman who told me that I was getting ready to have a guide who was of Asian mindset come into my energy field. And so I said, oh, okay, all right, we'll just kind of see what that happens. And I remember that shortly thereafter, I was drawn to study I Ching. I was drawn to study Buddhism and Hinduism and some other Eastern thoughts, you know. And I realized later that probably what had happened was that, yes, indeed, this guide had come in to nudge me to learn about some world beliefs and cultures that had not been a part of my knowledge base beforehand. And I, and I did those things. And then when I realized that I now at least had a basis from which to go study more if I wanted to, that energy sort of dissipated. It was like, okay, I've come, I've done my job, I'm out of here. Yeah, you might have guides who only assist you for one day or one month or for a learning growth period, like you were just talking about. And we also have assistant guides. So many times when I'm doing readings and I connect to the other side, they'll tell me that they have jobs on the other side. Remember that one reading you and I did together and the woman told us she was working on the welcoming committee? Yes. Very often you'll have assistant guides, which are people who have a specific love, talent, or interest in one area, and they will just assist other guides on that. I've done several readings, unfortunately, for people who have died from overdoses. And very often I'll hear that their job now is to work with new addicts, trying to get them to sobriety. So you might have assistant guides or temporary guides. Let's say you're planning a big move. You might have a temporary guide who joins your team just to help you oversee the sale of your house, the house inspection, the closing, and the move to the new location. And then they move on. If you ask for a guide, you need to be really specific about what kind of guide you need. And you need to know something about what you need to know. When I was in grad school and taking statistics, I asked for a math guide. That's how ignorant I am of anything with numbers like that. So because that's what I asked for, that's who got sent. And she did the best she could. But boy, I tell you. It was a hard road to go, and, and, and I barely passed the class Ugh. because math and statistics are different. Very different. Yeah, I barely passed my statistics, too. If it weren't for the curve. <laughs> now, okay. something else that I think is really fascinating is we also have family guides. And I didn't know about this until I started doing readings. And I've, I might have told this story before, but years ago, I was doing a reading and this uncle kept coming through and the client was like, yeah, I didn't know him. I, I can't even validate anything you're saying, but he wouldn't go away. And you know how that is? Like they won't go away till you, till you get the message across. And so he showed me a house on fire. And I said, before you moved here, it feels like I'm back up North. Did you have a house that had a fire in it? And she said, oh my gosh, yeah, that's, that's why we moved here. Our, our house in New Jersey was on, went on fire and and it caused a whole big life change. And I said, well, he was overseeing this whole family and he helped you all 
get out. Everyone was okay, right? And she said, yeah. And she said, but I, di- I really didn't know this uncle. None of us were close to him. And yet he was showing me stuff that she was eventually able to validate to prove that he was guiding the whole family. I, I have another client who I just adore and he has an Italian grandfather. He watches over that entire family. Like that's just his job. I don't even think he's going to do anything else on the other side until that whole family crosses over. So sometimes you'll have family guides who will help you work on generational karma or interrelations between the family members. Now, I don't know who the heck my family guide is, but they're sleeping on the job sometimes. You know, as you're talking, of course, this is it's an interesting concept to me, but I don't think our family has either. I'm thinking about growing up with my mom and dad, and I'm like, huh, what was that family guy doing? But also, I think that's part of the point as well. So if you grew up in a in a family that put the fun and dysfunctional, sometimes that might be the point because God knows we sure did learn a lot of amazing lessons from not having parents who could maybe fully unconditionally love us. And so that might be the whole point. However, there is this belief, and, I, and I've seen it in readings, that there are family guides who watch over all of this. Next week, we're going to get more into the how to work with your guides, but we do want to just mention a couple of, of tips before we leave you for the week. When you meditate to connect with your guide, it's really important to ask for and start to pay attention to their calling card. Some people, for example, might hear a buzzing or a ringing in one ear when their guide is near or trying to communicate with them. Others might smell of a flowery sense or see a certain color. You might feel a pressure on one or both shoulders, or you just might get that tingling sensation, you know, where like all the hairs on your arms raise up, or you just feel that vibration through your body moving. When you meditate with the specific intent of, hey, dear guide, please show me what your calling card is so I know it's you, pay attention to your body, your physical sensations, sight, touch, feelings, emotions. And start to see as you meditate on a consistent basis with the intent of connecting with your guide's calling card, what shows up repeatedly. For me, it's it's the pressure on the shoulder most commonly. How about you, Deb? Tapping on my shoulder. And it's always my left shoulder. It's a tapping. Like, hello, I'm here. And I think it's just a really great way to know, okay, that this is who's here. And now, now that my guide is here, I can continue forward with this meditation And then your guide will also, like you were talking before, Deb, with that reciprocity, your guide will also know, oh, this is a way I can get his or her attention. These are some great ideas. And we have so much more for you all next week. We're excited to, golly, talk a whole lot. Details of how to really dive into a really deep and meaningful relationship with your guides. So please join us next week. We're going to talk about understanding your guides' names, ways to work with your guides, how to strengthen the link and connection with your guide, and so much more. We hope you guys have a wonderful week. Be the light for yourself and others. Take care, everyone.
You are listening to Psychic Teachers, a podcast for seekers, lightworkers, mystics, and magical thinkers. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. You can also find us on iHeart, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Google Podcast, Podbean, and more. Thanks for listening. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.